Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Honestly, you don't want to be taking generic legal advice from a YouTube channel or podcast in any event. On with the show. Good evening and welcome to another Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And tonight, Saturday, January 26, 2019, I thought it would be a good time to talk about messaging. Uh, and this is something that I deal with a lot in my line of work as a corporate lawyer. Sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes you have to deal with an emergency. Sometimes you have to just deliver bad news, either to a client uh, or to the public at large. And I think this week we have seen very, very different approaches taken to the messaging concept and how that relates to bad news that needs to be delivered by video game companies. And in this case, very, very big video game companies, Nintendo and Electronic Arts. So to start out with, I want to talk about the earlier announcement that happened earlier this week and the way this was messaged to folks. Uh, and that relates to Metroid Prime 4. Uh, for those of you who didn't hear, earlier this week, Metroid Prime 4, which was a project announced a little while back, essentially was taken back down to its, its studs. It was scrapped entirely. The development that had been worked on is gone, uh, and Nintendo is starting the project over essentially from scratch. And the way they announced this to everybody was very interestingly done. They had a video that they dropped, and we're going to go over the language used in that video to really talk about what they say and what they don't say. And essentially... Uh, Put that against the message that we received uh, about two hours ago this evening from Electronic Arts on the difficulty that they are having with their Anthem VIP demo, uh, which was the demo, is the demo, that is available this weekend for the folks that had pre-ordered Anthem, that had actually already paid money to Electronic Arts because they had faith in Bioware. These are essentially Anthem's biggest fans before the game was ever released. Uh, and how they have gone about messaging the problems that they've had with that product. And I think you'll see, as we go through this video, as we talk about the statements that are made, how different these two companies approach this, and how one company winds up looking a little worse for wear after the messaging has really been analyzed. And some of this, you're going to say, okay, that's parsing things a little bit closely. That's obviously what I do. I work with words. I work with contracts. I work with statements like these because it's very important to parse things out carefully. And you can bet that these were parsed out as multi-million dollar endeavors by counsel for these companies before they went out the door. Uh, and I think it's important to look at them that closely because whether or not you realize it, what's being said when sentences transition, when paragraphs transition, is interpreted by your brain. You do have a kind of understanding of what the tone is, whether you like something or don't like something, even if you're not saying, hey, that's a bad thing to say or that's a good thing to say. And so I think looking at these things from that kind of close perspective both informs you as to how lawyers look at these things, how these corporations look at these things when they're parsing them out, and also gives you some insight as to why you might wind up feeling one way about one message and another way about the other. Uh, and so without further ado, I want to talk to you about what Nintendo had promised Metroid Prime 4 to be, what we were all looking at before this all happened, 
uh, earlier this week. And so I'm just going to pull up the video right now. And, and my apologies to uh, my, my podcast listeners. There's not going to be a lot to hear here. But this is the entirety of what anybody knew about Metroid Prime 4 uh, going in. It's an opening shot of space. There's some nebulas. It says uh, the name of the video is Metroid Prime 4 First Look, Nintendo E3 2017. The nebulas are moving around to form an S for Samus. There's a giant number four, an explosion behind the number four. The four is now on fire. Uh, and it's now sitting next to the words Metroid Prime. And it says now in development for Nintendo Switch, 2.9 million views. Uh, and that's it, Nintendo. That's all we knew. They announced a logo. They announced a name, Metroid Prime 4, uh, at E3 2017. And we never learned anything else about it until this week. And what did we learn this week? We have another video to watch, which I'm actually going to talk over the translation of what's being said here, uh, both because it is in Japanese and it's subtitled in this video, and also because I want everybody to uh, to hear it, uh, especially on those folks that are listening to this video rather than watching it. So I am going to talk about it, and I'm probably going to pause as we go through it. Um, so let's take a look at the message that was delivered and how it was delivered uh, earlier this week on the 25th. Hello, everyone. I am Shinya Takahashi, and I am responsible for development at Nintendo. Thank you so much for playing Nintendo games. I wanted to speak with you today to give you an update on Metroid Prime 4, the newest title in the Metroid Prime series. We deeply understand the high anticipation that Metroid Prime series fans have for this title. We have felt it especially from the passionate words from fans we heard when we first announced this title at E3 the year before last, 2017. Ever since the announcement, we have not been able to give you an update. But as a result of the continuing development since that time, although this is very regrettable, we must let you know that the current development progress has not reached the standards we seek in a sequel to the Metroid Prime series. So let's take a step back here. I've paused the video. All we knew was E3 2017 was an announcement of a logo uh, and a name. And that's all we knew from then. We hadn't heard anything about development, whether it was going well or wasn't going well. So I think it's important to take a step back and look at that environment and say, did Nintendo have to release any information at this time at all? And the answer to that is no. There are plenty of video games that go through development hell. There are plenty of movies and other pieces of media that go through that same development hell. And you never hear anything about them. You might hear a leak here and there. You might have a Kotaku article or some other investigative journalist uh, go forward and say, hey, Metroid Prime 4 has got some problems or they had to take it back down and start over uh, in 2019. And you'd hear about that essentially a year or two after the fact when everybody's like, hey, that game that was announced in 2017, where is it? We would have expected to see it by now. Instead, Nintendo essentially got out in front of this thing and said, hey, although it's very regrettable, this thing isn't turning out the way we had hoped. The plan that we had in place isn't working out. And we want to tell you about it because we think it's fair to you as our fans to know, hey, when we announced something in 2017, you were probably figuring it was coming out this year or maybe next year. And that's, that's not going to happen anymore. So let's go on with the statement. 
Nintendo always strives for the highest quality in our games, and in the development, we challenge ourselves and confront whether the game is living up to that quality on a daily basis. If we're not satisfied with the quality, we aren't able to deliver it to our customers with confidence, and the game will not live up to our fans' expectations. So this is, again, setting out from the video for a second, this is describing Nintendo's philosophy. If we can't get the game up to a, uh, to a polish that we like, it's not going to meet your expectations. We're not going to be able to deliver something that you want to see, which is why we take these steps that might seem, uh, in, with, in the absence of that philosophy, to be just damaging, to just be harmful to you. And we understand that. From this perspective, we have determined that the current development status of the game is very challenged. And we had to make a difficult decision as a development team. We have decided to re-examine the development structure itself and change it. Specifically, we have decided to have the producer, Kintsuki Tanabe, work in trust and collaboration with the studio that developed the original Metroid Prime series, Retro Studios, in the United States, and restart development from the beginning. Stepping aside from the video again, it's very interesting to see what you don't hear in that statement. You don't hear excuses. You don't hear Nintendo saying, well, we thought the people that we asked to do it originally could handle it, but they couldn't, and we were uh, just very unhappy with the product. Uh, but here's why we made the decisions that we made, and everything uh, made sense when we made those decisions in 2016 or whenever we started this project. Uh, but we're fixing it now. We're changing things up. You don't hear that. Nintendo basically says things weren't going well. And we're restarting the thing, and we're working with a new studio in collaboration. In this case, the studio that started the Metroid Prime series. Uh, and that certainly is intended in the messaging to provide a certain amount of comfort to folks. To say, hey, are you a big Metroid Prime fan? Then you know Retro Studios worked on this thing. They're going to be a part of this message because although this is bad news, we think this is probably going to be perceived by the public at large uh, as good news. Retro Studios joining the team to do this. And I think they're right in that, but it's not in a manner of saying, hey, uh, here's this bad news. We're, we were fine. This project should have been uh, done correctly. It's not. We're making these drastic steps. And here's a, here's a bone. Here's Retro Studios so that you can maybe feel better about this. It's done more holistically. It's done without those excuses. It's just simply saying, hey, this is bad news. Here's what's going to happen now. And it's set up on the understanding that, hey, this bit of the bad news is probably going to be perceived pretty well and doesn't need an extra button on it, doesn't need help from Nintendo to convince folks that that's, this is probably a pretty good thing. By collaborating and developing with Retro Studios, we believe we can make this game something that will meet our fans' expectations. We did not make this decision lightly. This change will essentially mean restarting development from the beginning. So the completion of the game will be delayed from our initial internal plan. We strongly recognize that this delay will come as a disappointment to the many fans who have been looking forward to the launch of Metroid Prime 4. Stopping again, there's the statement of empathy. We, Nintendo, understand you fans are what make this series what it is, what makes Nintendo the money that they make, what give us our beloved goodwill. And we understand this is going to be very bad news. This is bad news that you are getting today. We understand and we empathize. No other button, no other excuse, no other kind of change from the focus. This is bad news and we understand it's bad news. I'd like to extend my deepest heartfelt apologies to everyone that the launch will be delayed. 
It will be a long road until the next time we will be able to update you on the development progress and development time will be extensive. However, we will continue developing the game so that when it is completed, it will stand shoulder to shoulder with the past Metroid Prime series titles. On behalf of Nintendo and Retro Studios, I sincerely appreciate your understanding. Thank you very much. And that's the Nintendo statement. Here's this terrible, terrible news. We announced this game. This game doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. We weren't happy with what assets were created, what the game was becoming. We have taken it away. We have taken it down. It has gone away. We have to restart this thing. Yes, it's going to have the same name, but it's going to be a completely different game, and you're not going to see it for a long, long time. There is no way to sugarcoat this. This is bad news. You can blame us, but we've got Retro Studios on board. We think that's going to be a good thing. We think they're going to help us make the Metroid Prime 4 you deserve to get. And we're very sorry that this has happened, and we appreciate your understanding. This is all on you. Uh, we, we know this is bad news. You don't have to forgive us. We don't ask for any of that. We don't offer these excuses. We just we appreciate your understanding that we're not letting you have this game because we think you would not like it. We think it was not up to the task of being a Metroid Prime game, and it's worth it to us to, to blow that money, to write off those expenses rather than release a game that we're unhappy with and a game that you'd be unhappy with. And I think this message was received by the community, obviously as bad news, but received very well. Very good thoughts about the transparency of Nintendo. Obviously, very good thoughts about Retro Studios being brought back on board in respect to the Metroid Prime series. And, and very good thoughts about how this was handled in general. Um, again, I think you get these messages and you perceive them in a certain way and you understand the tone is not making excuses for Nintendo, isn't really looking to have you forgive them at this point in time, but just saying, we appreciate your understanding, we're going to do our best, here's why this happened. And for me, this is a stellar, stellar example of great crisis-type public relations statement managing. It is good messaging and it delivers exactly what you want to deliver. Here is the news that you need. We want to deliver this to you. And I think the fact that there is no real reason that Nintendo had to update us on this also gets you a little bit of bonus credit in the back of your mind, in the psychology of what a message like this means. To say, you know, I have been thinking about this, and Metroid Prime was only a logo. We never need to hear about this ever. They could have just said, hey, we had already anticipated a six-year development cycle, and when it releases in 2022, that was always the plan. There is nothing that we would need to know at this point in time except that they want to share it with us because they think we probably were expecting it pretty soon and they don't want to be a company that essentially lets loose ends sit out there uh, like some other companies in the video game industry. And so I think they get the credit for that. I think they get the credit for the content of the message. They get the credit for not looking for excuses, not uh, being mealy-mouthed or otherwise potentially accusing their customers of something or, or of being demanding or, or those kinds of things. And that's why this stands out as a stellar example of messaging to me. And I'd always be interested to hear your comments and how you took this uh, in the comments to this video or otherwise. Uh, but on the other side of the spectrum here is the message that we got about two hours and 20 minutes ago tonight, and that relates to the Anthem VIP demo, and that's what I want to talk to you about uh, for the bulk of this video. Um, so let's take a look at what the current promise is in respect of Anthem, and for that we're going to look at the EA Origin site. And so we've got pre-order Anthem, unleash your power, play Anthem first with Origin Access Premiere, which is their service that is uh, kind of like 
uh, Xbox Game Pass or some, something along those lines that gets you access to these games that are available on EA Origin on PC. It says, be among the first to get hands-on with Anthem, which is a reference to the demo that's going on this weekend. Uh, and it says, Legion of Dawn Edition, the Anthem VIP demo is live. Dive into the VIP demo and join the founding Legion of Anthem when you pre-order the Anthem Legion of Dawn Edition. And then they describe Anthem a little bit, and then they have a line that says, get access to the VIP demo when you pre-order Anthem. And then they describe a little bit about the Anthem uh, videos. And then they have a compare editions to try to entice you to buy. The first three lines here are about Origin Premiere. And then the next line, access to the VIP demo. The very first line that relates at all to Anthem on this chart is access to the VIP demo. You get it for Origin Access Premiere buyers. You get it for pre-ordering the game. This is a thing that has been sold to you to entice pre-orders. And I think that's important. On the internet, we have a lot of discussions about what entitlement means, whether it's right or wrong to ask for certain things from companies. And my definition of this has always been, uh, yes, you are entitled to what was sold to you. Uh, and certainly you can take things too far on the internet. There are a lot of people, people out there that maybe uh, don't necessarily frame their arguments the best and make mountains out of molehills. But access to the VIP demo was 100% promised to you for pre-ordering the game. And more importantly, from when we're thinking about the audience for a message related to this VIP demo, outside of whether or not they are entitled to that access or whether it's even important to get that access, uh, it's important to understand the people that have this access are the people that have bought Origin Access Premier, Electronic Arts' most expensive PC Game Pass type product, or they pre-ordered this game. These are the biggest fans of Anthem, the people that believed in it basically just from the press clippings and from the previews and from the E3 appearances, and they wanted in as soon as possible. And that's the audience that messages uh, about the VIP demo are framed to. So let's take a look at what was just said, and this is going to be a deep dive, kind of sentence-by-sentence sentence approach to what was said. So to give you kind of the context, I am in the VIP demo, uh, as is some other people in my group, and uh, we tried to access it all of yesterday. It went live at noon Eastern yesterday, and we had no luck accessing it whatsoever. There were connection errors all over the place, uh, and there were uh, just problems getting in. It never loaded, things of that nature, and initially, actually, I wasn't given VIP demo access when I should have, uh, and that was a different kind of entitlement, which we're going to discuss in this statement, that essentially their computers weren't keeping track properly of who had access to this demo and who didn't. Uh, but we couldn't get in at all yesterday. Uh, we tried again today because we had kind of slotted out this time to, to kind of try out Anthem to play it. Uh, my group is pretty excited about this release, and we were going to play it for a good chunk of today. And we couldn't get in today either, with some exceptions. We got in a little bit in kind of rubber band laggy matches that really weren't conducive to playing at all. The game didn't really function. But for the most part, what happened to us is we could get into the first area, and whenever we tried to actually get into the game uh, play area, it would lock up the load. It would, what is being called now an infinite load bug, it would get about to the end, maybe 95% down the load bar, and it would just stop. And that was it. And we tried it maybe... Uh, uh, seven, eight, nine times to get into the game just didn't work. And that's what we've been facing today. So looking at that, looking at that context, looking at that environment, and with the full knowledge that that's essentially anecdotal, this is me and my group, but it's everybody in my group. And it's certainly appearing on the internet as a problem amongst at least a substantial number of people, if not a majority of the people that are dealing with the VIP demo. 
these folks are facing it on the Reddits and the NeoGAFs and the reset eras of the world. Uh, let's take a look at what they had to say. Anthem VIP demo, an update from BioWare's head of live service. Yesterday was rocky. So we got one sentence in, folks. Let's examine that for a second. First of all, this is a notion. This is a sentence that essentially is trying to put whatever problems they had, for the most part, the predominance of them, in the past. It's not, right now our launch is rocky. It's not, we're having problems and we're sorry about those. It's yesterday was rocky. Man, that was a tough day yesterday, but we got through it together, didn't we, everybody? We got through this thing and we're sorry it was such a problem yesterday, but it's not a problem today and it's not a problem tomorrow which immediately rings false to anybody that's currently having problems. So that's an interesting positioning on your messaging. And again, this has to be designed to talk to the people that are having problems with the VIP demo. The people that aren't having problems with the VIP demo are fine. Um, so whenever you're taking a look at a message, the, the question has to be, what is the purpose of this thing? Why are you making this message? Who are you making it to? And to me, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, the things that you are doing here is you want to address the audience, that is, uh, not been able to get in, that has been having problems with your product and are going to be the heralds of whether your product is received well over the long period of time. They're going to be the ones that are going out there and are going to be the evangelists for whether or not your product is any good. So you want to address those folks. You want to say, hey, we understand there's problems, but we're going to take care of them for you. And that's, that's what I would imagine is the primary purpose of this. The other purpose, the secondary purpose, is you're going to be wanting to talk to the journalists in this message. You're going to be wanting to say, okay, the journalists are starting to hear this buzz, that there are problems with this product, that there's problems with this launch, and we want to cut those off at the pass. We want to say, we've got everything under control, and everything's fine, nothing to see here. How are you? Uh, and so those are the kind of dual purposes that you want to have. But day one, your purpose is got to be talk to your audience, the people that pre-ordered your game about why they're not getting into the VIP demo that they wanted to get into. Again, the folks that are getting in just fine, you don't need to be talking to them because they're okay. So yesterday was rocky is a problematic opening to your messaging because it makes it sound like everything is okay now, everything is gone, and you should be fine with it. But here's what we dealt with yesterday. And that, uh, that already rings false if you're continuing to have problems. The first day of our VIP demo weekend did not go exactly as we planned, and I want to share what happened. Again, same reiteration, first day. That was yesterday, Friday the 25th, not today. We've been testing the entire game and platform for several months, but there were a few things we missed. So let's, again, let's frame this out real quickly. We know there are problems in the demo. We know there are issues with people getting access to it, whether they're getting in, whether they're getting entitlements to the demo, whether they're getting through load screens once they're in the demo. They start out with, we've been testing the entire game and platform for several months. They open with an excuse of what's happening. Hey, we were on this. We were doing all the professional things we were supposed to be doing. We've been testing this thing forever, but things happen. And that's an interesting way to start your messaging. Again, we're in the second paragraph here, but really the first one after saying yesterday was rocky. And they're already saying everything we did was fine, was normal. But as they say in the rest of the sentence, real world play frequently leads to unexpected issues. Indeed, it does. Before I share details on this and what we're still facing, I want to dispel one comment we've seen that we underplanned for server capacity. Again, the very first thing they do, the first thing they do in the paragraph that is material to what they're actually answering and not just as a setup paragraph, is 
before we talk about the problems you've got, I want to dispel this thing that I'm seeing out there a little bit. These rumors that we didn't properly plan for server capacity. To ensure stability, we intended to manage our servers to match the player population as it grew. Overall, we had excess capacity prepared for population increases and continue to do so. That said, what's important is that all parts of the game work is designed to meet player needs, and that did not happen in the opening hours. Again, opening hours, talking about yesterday, not talking about now, and immediately getting to the excuse part of the thing. Doing it before you talk about the problems that people are facing. That's always going to set people on edge, especially those people that are continuing to face problems. And those people that are facing problems right now are people that pre-ordered your product. And when we talk about where those rumors came from, the rumors about underplanned for server capacity, I think it's important to talk about the actual official channels that talked about the server infrastructure that the VIP demo was dealing with. So if we look at the Twitter account for EA Help, which is basically where BioWare has sent people to talk about the problems that they're having with the demo, you can see here that yesterday, when things really started going wrong at about noon, we are adding more server capacity to the Anthem demo right now. Hang tight while we work to get everyone into the game. And if you were on the EA services, if you were on a bunch of EA services, including their website and the demo website that was being used to register folks for the demo yesterday, you would have seen slowdowns and what they called 500 errors and just lack of responsiveness across the EA network. So this isn't just rumors being started on Reddit or rumors coming from journalists or other video game folks talking on Twitter and the like. This is coming from their official channels that said, hey, we're adding server capacity because obviously our servers are getting overloaded. So to be that defensive at the very front end of what amounts to your apology blog post here on the Saturday of the VIP demo weekend really puts a, a wrongful spin on the message that you want to, to give. But putting all that aside, that kind of wrong-footed start to the message, let's go on and talk about what it is that they actually say has happened, what they're going to do about it, and what we should expect for the remainder of the weekend. While there are a number of issues we dealt with yesterday, the primary areas were platform connections, this was caused by the spike in players entering the game when we opened up. Unfortunately, these issues did not present themselves during our internal testing. Investigations are ongoing, and we will continue to apply fixes throughout the weekend. Okay, uh, there was a spike in players entering the game, and we didn't anticipate the problems that this spike in players caused. But based on the opening paragraph, or the opening two paragraphs of this statement, I guess we are supposed to assume that it had nothing to do with just a generalized lack of server infrastructure. It was something else and unanticipated. But again, there aren't any real details here. Obviously, this is a more technically minded individual that's making this post, and it's a technical type post, so you don't really want to get into the weeds of the engineering. But it certainly doesn't gel right for a layman and for someone who's just kind of looking at these things from the outside. You say, okay, your server infrastructure is fine. That's the very first thing you want to do impart to us. But then the first problem that you acknowledge is that a spike in players caused things to crash, which sounds at least to a non-technically minded person as if maybe you didn't have enough servers. You toss that on with the EA help Twitter saying, we're adding server capacity to try to help this. And that's what it looks like. So we're already reading this message and saying, you know, are you being entirely honest with us? Is this an entirely truthful open, honest, and transparent communication. And certainly in the back of your mind, you're sitting here going, you know, I'm not sure that it is. And that's not what you want out of crisis management messaging. That's not what you want when you're trying to apologize to the folks that have already paid for your product that are your biggest fans. The second item on this list, entitlements. 
These are account flags that grant players things like their pre-order incentives and demo access. During the demo weekend, we identified a bug where VIP players with a specific combination of entitlements were being blocked from accessing the demo. We believe we've resolved most of these, but have additional cases we are addressing. So a number of people couldn't get in. That was me at the outset of this, where one screen said, hey, you're in, you're a VIP, you can get into the demo. And then you go into the game and it says, you're not a VIP, would you like to buy Anthem? And so they were having these problems. These, this particular problem was addressed for me. I don't know how outstanding they are. And, and this is basically just saying, hey, we're taking care of it. So there's nothing really wrong with this messaging other than the fact that there are clearly people that are still suffering from this issue because they say we have additional cases we are addressing and this message doesn't speak to them at all. So again, if we're thinking that the audience are likely to be the people that are most affected by the problems that Anthem is currently facing, this answer here about entitlements doesn't speak to the people that are suffering from this particular problem at all. It's again, essentially passing in the night for who you want to be talking to and why. And then we get to infinite loads. And this is the problem that every person in my group is currently experiencing. And we see some more problematic messaging. Infinite loads. This is occurring for some players, particularly when they transition from Fort Tarsus to an expedition. We saw this only in isolated cases during internal testing and believed it was resolved. Unfortunately, the problem is exacerbated in the real world where differences with players' ISPs and home networks introduce new behavior. Now, again, let's pay attention to what's being said here. Infinite war uh, loads. This is occurring for some players. So the very first piece of language here. And again, I know it sounds like parsing and I'm a lawyer and I look at words and I look at sentences and I really analyze these things closely. But it's important to do so because that's how these things are formed and that's how these things are passed through their own counsel for what's allowed and what messaging and tone they want to put out there into the world. By using the phrase some players, it immediately tries to minimize the impact, right? This is essentially talking to that journalist group we talked about before, which is saying, hey, this is happening to some folks. This is happening to a few. We're not going to really isolate a number. You know, what does some mean to you? But it's a, it's a minor thing. It's a small issue. It's not everybody. It's some players. And then they say, hey, we saw this only in isolated cases and we believed it was resolved. So there's your excuse sentence. They say, hey, it's only happening to some players. We thought we nailed this down. We did everything a professional company is supposed to do. Unfortunately, the problem is exacerbated in the real world where it's the players, ISPs, and home networks that really introduce new behavior, which sounds a lot like a blame type sentence. So you've got, it's a small issue. We handled it. We're professionals. But if there is a problem, it's really the home networks and these people that have cobbled together these various ISPs and things that are accessing our pristine networks. And that's not a fair thing to say. That's not the entirety of what is intended to be conveyed. But it is the subtext of these sentences and the language choices that are made. This is why this in particular, this post that is now about three hours old, is essentially such a poor example of trying to stem the tide, to calm the waters of what is happening in the VIP demo right now. Today, our top priorities are continue to resolve any reports of issues with login and entitlement programs uh, problems. That's number one. And that makes perfect sense. The people that can't get in at all that should be getting in, that's priority one. We got to fix that. And that makes all the sense in the world. That's a good priority. Number two, implement fixes to address infinite loads. I want to be upfront that this is a difficult one and something we may not resolve during this weekend. Many players are not seeing this issue. And the last thing we want to do is destabilize the experience for everyone. 
So let's unpack that a little bit. I have written my share of statements and said things uh, and had clients talk to people and say things that they maybe didn't want to have to say in a fashion that they could stomach and that they could say. I want to be upfront that this is a difficult one is setting the stage. Hey, you're not going to like what I'm about to say right now. This is very similar to that language that Nintendo was using when talking about Metroid Prime 4, where they say, uh, you know, we've got some bad news, essentially. And something we may not resolve during this weekend, that's further setting the stage. If you're a lawyer, if you're corporate vice president, if you're in that C-level suite, you look at that and you should read between the lines and say, you know what, we, we don't think we can fix this in the next 24 hours. We, we, we don't. Now, we could. You never know. Brilliant Engineer has an idea where they identify exactly what's happening and exactly right, and it's a safe fix that they can make, and they make it immediately, and it's all good. But we want to prep you VIPs, the people that bought our product early, that this is one of the entitlements that they're getting. This is one of the things that they bought. Yeah, if you're having infinite loads, um, you're probably not going to be fixed this weekend. You're probably not getting in. And then they say many players are not seeing this issue. And the last thing we want to do is destabilize the experience for everyone. So they say, hey, you know, I, we're sorry you have infinite loads, but many people don't. Uh, and so it comes across again as kind of like, well, you know, it's, you're, you are some players, as we identified in the earlier paragraph, and many players are fine. And we, we don't want to destabilize the experience for everyone, which makes sense from a logical point of view, certainly makes sense from an engineering point of view. We understand, hey, you don't want to break the thing to the extent that it's working right now, but there's a lot of ambiguity here. Many players are not seeing this issue. Again, just like some players above, what kind of number is that? They didn't even go so far as to say most players are not seeing this issue, and that's very interesting to the lawyer in me. If you can get above 50%, there is usefulness in using the word most right there, and they didn't. They said many players, and maybe that's a lot of players, but is it even a majority? That's an open question. And if they aren't a majority, does that mean that occurring for some players means that that is a majority? They're really kind of two sides of the same coin. And leaving that ambiguity out there says, uh, yeah, this is a substantial problem. You aren't actually able to say this is a extreme minority of players. And that's why you do see such anger and vitriol and statements on the Reddits and the NeoGAFs and the Reset Eras of the world, that there are a lot of people that were really supportive of Anthem, that were excited about this project, that were excited about this game and what BioWare was moving on to do. And they can't get in right now. And they can't get in right now in a very annoying way. They can play part of the demo they can play about half of the demo and then it gets stuck in a load bug and it's a it's a hard load bug i will tell you you essentially have to alt tab out quit the game it doesn't quit its process and then you have to quit the process from the task manager just to get the game to stop eating memory and to stop using it it's not a clean exit from the video game uh, which obviously leaves a bad taste just in general that it makes it feel like an unfinished product but they are saying hey you know what this isn't going to get fixed right now, and we just don't want to break the thing for everyone else. And from a VIP's perspective, you look at this messaging and you say, okay, uh, why not? Why, why is this not significant enough that you aren't taking the thing down for a little while, fixing this up, putting it back up in, in a little bit later time? I mean, you're releasing this game in six weeks, so that's problem in enough of itself. But why aren't you taking the steps to make sure that I get something like what I was buying? Um, and... They say, hey, we've got it working for some folks, and that's good enough for us. Um, whether that's good enough for you is an entirely different question. And number three on this, improved server performance. We've heard reports of rubber banding and other signs of server latency. Let's stop there. 
Um, there is rubber banding and server latency. Uh, when we got in to the limited number of times that we got in, uh, it was essentially unplayable. You would kind of run into a corner and then the server would identify your position and you would be back where you started. You couldn't fly, you couldn't move, you couldn't do anything like that. Um, so when you use the language, we've heard reports of rubber banding and other signs of server latency rather than there is rubber banding and other signs of server latency. It again is one notch removed from acknowledgement of the problem. It's, hey, uh, some of you have been talking about this rubber banding and other signs of server latency. We believe we can address this and we'll be conducting some small scale experiments to confirm that. We may roll some fixes out this weekend or may wait for the open demo next weekend, depending on the level of risk to the overall service. So uh, yeah, I guess we're hearing that this is a problem from some of you. There's a certain notion in this part of the message that maybe it's all hogwash. We don't know if it really exists. Are you guys seeing ghosts out there? Uh, but maybe we can address this by doing some small-scale experiments. But otherwise, uh, we, we're probably not going to uh, because we don't want to risk what works right now. Because if the thing collapses in on itself, if we have to pull it down, our guys have determined that that is the worst-case scenario for our PR. That's really what you should read this as. When we talk about we don't want to destabilize the experience for everyone, we don't want to have a high level of risk to the overall service, we don't want the story of this weekend to be BioWare forced to pull down Anthem due to problems that the VIP demo people were facing. And if we can get even a substantial number to kind of work, that's going to get us out from that press clipping and we can throw ourselves at this thing for the next five days after this closes to be ready for the open demo. And God help them if they're not ready for the open demo, because then that's where the real problems live. But basically, this should be read as a message that says, hey, uh, we're not going to be able to fix this stuff. So sorry. Uh, and we're moving on from there. But we have plenty of excuses. We were ready with servers. It's probably your home networks. And, you know, we don't really know what's going on other than that. Then the cherry on top of the Sunday. While we've had problems, we have also had many players enjoying the game. It's been incredibly humbling to see so many people watching along with us on Twitch. Over 300,000 concurrent viewers yesterday and over 100 million minutes watched. Those are Fortnite-type numbers. Thank you for your support. Our goal is to get everyone into the demo having fun together. Again, for those purposes that we discussed at the start of this message, talking to journalists, talking to the audience, from the audience's perspective, especially those currently facing problems, this sentence is pointless. You can't get into the demo. You can't get past the infinite load. When you do, you've only got lag and rubber banding issues. While those problems may exist, everybody else is having a great time. And this product is a winner. Journalists, please take that home and write that in your blog posts and in your articles. That's the purpose of this sentence. But in trying to serve these two audiences at once, they have created a scenario where it's easy to anger the first audience, which are your evangelists, which are your heralds, which are the people that believe in your product and were going to go out and support it and tell people how much fun they were having an anthem. And you run the risk of losing that when you try to service these two audiences at the same time. I can tell you from personal experience, there are plenty of members of my personal group that read this message and got essentially infuriated by the tone that was conveyed. And I think that's part of what was happening here is you have these things that basically say, we're probably not going to fix these. Sorry. Uh, but by the way, we're very sorry you've had these problems, but everybody else is having a great time. You should check us out on Twitch where you can watch other people having a great time. And that rubs folks the wrong way. So again, as compared to Nintendo, we've got a message that really serves 
to anger folks as much as to put the messages out there that Bioware wants out there. Uh, they finish off by saying, we appreciate everyone's patience and sincerely apologize for those who have had issues getting into the game. As a token of appreciation for your enthusiasm and any issues you encountered, we're giving everyone who participated in the VIP demo weekend an additional new vinyl at launch. Uh, now, the one question I have from a technical perspective is especially those folks that didn't get an entitlement, that haven't been able to get into the demo so far, are they going to be able to get uh, whatever freebie uh, Bioware throws at them in the form of an additional new vinyl? But that's probably being taken care of either by direct communications with customer service or on the hopes that they can get everybody that's supposed to have an entitlement, at least an entitlement, uh, through the end of tomorrow's VIP demo weekend. But... Other than saying, essentially, we appreciate everyone's patience and sincerely apologize for those who've had issues, you can see the sincerity of that apology is questionable because of what they've said above, which is we're not going to do anything about it because it's mostly okay, we think, uh, and everything else can't be fixed without taking the whole thing down. They then say, we believe we've created an amazing game and we're doing everything we can to ensure our entire community can enjoy it. We're committed to keeping an open conversation with our community as part of our live service well into the future. We'll also have some cool news to share soon on our plans for the game after we launch. Stay tuned. And again, you see the message going all over the place. A message that should be and arguably is at the top focused on answering the questions people are having with access to the demo switches off to say, hey, this game's going to be awesome in the future and we're going to have a great time and everybody's going to enjoy it. We created an amazing game. Uh, and if you're still having problems, please reach out to our Answer HQ. Dedicated members of our community are here to assist you. But frankly, that isn't going to mean a whole lot because the community managers, the people on customer service, are essentially going to send you back to this blog post with the understanding if they're technical issues, if they're server-side issues, if they can't fix the lag, if they can't fix the infinite load, we can only hope it'll be fixed in six weeks. And you're probably not going to get in right now. You're probably not going to get in the near future. Uh, maybe you'll get in in the open demo next weekend and get the kind of uh, service, the kind of experience that you had expected uh, going into this weekend. But for right now, you're probably out of luck. And so we look at that message. Uh, we look at it from the top and we say, did it service what it was supposed to service? Did it accomplish the goals it was supposed to accomplish? Uh, and from the journalist side of things, maybe. Maybe there's enough here to say, hey, it's a small problem. The people go out and they report it as a small problem. But for those that are experiencing the problem, and certainly from the language used, we have reason to believe that it is not an insubstantial number of people with respect to the infinite load issue in particular. Those people get no respite. They get no recovery. They get no answers from this blog post. Uh, instead, I think it's as likely to anger them as to assuage their anger. And so... When I look at a message like this, I chalk it up as essentially a failure, that this is a message that didn't work to what it was supposed to do for the most part and should be read that way and be used as an example of what not to do. Uh, if you're Bioware, what you want to do is you want to get out there and you want to say pretty much exactly what Nintendo said. We screwed up on this. People aren't getting the experience we wanted them to experience. We're going to take active steps right now to correct this uh, and not have every other line be an excuse, not have every other line be, hey, we had the server capacity. Hey, we tested for this. Hey, if there's a problem, it's probably on your end, not ours. Those lines come through in the messaging. They should have been taken out. They should have been struck. They are accomplishing nothing for your message. They are accomplishing nothing for what you intend to convey, what your goals are out of this messaging. 
Crisis management communications are an art as much as a science, and it really helps to try to analyze these messages as they're going out, whether you're on the client side, whether you're on the audience side, to really try to understand what's intended to be conveyed. Uh, and if you are on the message giver side, you want to be very careful with tone. You want to be very careful with the words that you select and really kind of think about how they could be construed against you. Just imagine that the worst person in the world who's hated you since they were born is reading this message. How might they interpret it in a way that is disadvantageous to you? And that should be your basis for sending these messages. And I think certainly Nintendo and Metroid Prime 4 and a message that was very difficult to give, you could tell from the tone from the, from the type of message that they wound up giving uh, was one that they didn't want to have to give, that they were sincere about it, and that they didn't try to make excuses for the behavior that had led them to this point versus a Bioware and an Electronic Arts and an entire ecosystem that essentially said, hey, we did everything we were supposed to do. We don't know what's wrong, but we're probably not going to fix it. Uh, and even if that's the message you have to convey because that's the tone and that's the behavior that you've decided upon, there are better ways to, to sell it. There are better ways to put it forth where you say, essentially, there is no possible way we can fix this thing or we would, that you fall on your sword and you explain that this wasn't what we had intended. This wasn't what was anticipated. There were holes in the infrastructure that we had put together and those holes have been failed to be filled and this was a surprise to us as it was to you and we're going to make it right and you can trust us and that's the message that you probably want to convey even if there isn't anything that you can help people with because the alternative is getting folks like my group of friends that were playing that were planning on playing anthem this weekend upset uh, when there's really nothing that could be done if you take Bioware at their word, that there was nothing that could be fixed, that there was nothing that could be done without destabilizing their platform, and that's not a step that they're willing to take. Um, so that's really my thoughts. It's late on a Saturday night. I wasn't really anticipating doing a virtual legality this weekend, uh, but these messages came out, and I really did want to talk about what it means to message, what it means to describe bad news to a public that you don't necessarily want to give it to, and how these two companies treated that hurdle quite, quite differently. And if you like this video, please do like it. Please subscribe to the channel. Please hit the bell or do whatever other things you're supposed to do on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter, everywhere else. Uh, I think this is also available on most podcast channels if you prefer to listen to these things rather than watch them. I very much appreciate it. And again, if you have any feedback or any comment that you want to give, I love to have these conversations. What do you think of the messaging that was put forth by Nintendo this week? What do you think of the messaging that was put forth by Bioware and Electronic Arts? And let's have that conversation because maybe you like one message better than the other and it's the opposite of what I like better than the other. And we can talk about that because it's always good going to be subjective to the listener and the idea of getting crisis messaging out there is trying to anticipate those concerns those issues that a listener is going to have and i think nintendo did a great job and i think electronic arts and bioware did a poor job but i'd love to have that conversation with you uh, and have a great rest of your weekend thank you so very much for watching <laughs> <laughs>